Let's join Josh Altman and Kevin Klein. One of them rich, the other one infamous. And together, they're all dollars, no cents. Back at it again. It is uh, Los Angeles's most successful realtor and Los Angeles's 25th most successful broadcaster. Kevin Klein, yeah, moved up. Josh Allman, I'm moving up a little bit. Yeah, by, hopefully by this time next year, I'll be up to the uh, top 20. Uh, it's great to be back with you, another edition of All Dollars, No Sense, and appreciate all the interaction, all the comments that have been coming through as of late. In fact, the uh, theme for this episode, which we'll get to in a moment, was suggested by uh, someone who's been listening to all of the episodes on uh, Live by Live. So thanks for checking it out. Subscribe, upgrade, get yourself all of the archived episodes, and pretty much listen and learn, and you too can uh, drive a brand new luxury car every weekend like this guy right here, Josh Altman. Where are we right, that was right now? before I had kids, by the well, way. Well, that's true. That's, uh, now, now, now the kids have luxury cars as well. In fact, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think too. I stubbed my toe on a toy Bentley on the way in. Um, uh, thanks for, uh, thank you for inviting us in to, I guess this is your newest house, and I was trying to do the math on how many houses I've been inside of of yours over the years. This may be the 10th. I think this may be the yeah, 10th one. Yeah, somewhere around there, 10th, maybe 12th, 13th, but... This is, uh, yeah, this is the newest one. Happy to be here. Happy that you came over because uh, leaving with kids is impossible. And I'm, uh, this actually might be the first time I'm actually uh, able to appreciate the backyard with my buddy Kevin and just hang. You know, it's funny. At some point during this episode, you'll probably hear uh, screaming or crying. It may be from us. Probably it'll be from children uh, when they find where we are. But uh, in case you're wondering why the acoustics may sound different from other episodes where we've been inside of some of the most expensive houses uh, in all of Los Angeles uh, and surrounding areas. We decided to bring it outside. This is the first episode I think we've done uh, outside. And today is just one of those, just to paint the picture, today is the reason why people want to live in Southern California. Agree. I mean, it, it is the, it was just a, a Kisher uh, had a bet. People asked me to take bets on when the first phone call for uh, Josh Altman <laughs> would come through. Only two and a half minutes into this episode. Oh, I knew you were going to do that. I first, always forget to shut that off. The first cell phone is already ringing. But today is uh, was such a beautiful day, uh, about 80 degrees, perfect with a breeze. And we decided let's relax outside, let's have some drinks, and let's uh, do an episode. And congratulations on your new home. I know we talked about this a bit, but to open up a brand new office and have a brand new child and move into a brand new home all in the exact same month seems like a thing that most people would not like to do, but you just seem like you're always up for a challenge. Uh, Up for the challenge. Don't want to do that challenge again. And uh, uh, that was a very expensive challenge. So, uh, yeah, but we're in, we're alive, we're well, we're, and and that's all you can ask for. And uh, uh, yeah, what a crazy... So, you see that? Yeah, that's helicopter. the cops. That's what happens in Beverly Hills. Those, you never know. It could be paparazzi. They could be cops. Uh, you know, you're going to hear that. But we are, as we said, wanted to appreciate the weather and bring you into because we know people listen to this show uh, all over, not just America, but all over the world. So wanted to bring you into what it is like on a perfect day in Beverly Hills, California. So do you know what happened this week? It was the craziest thing. Two houses in the Bird Streets were bought. Brand new spec houses. One was uh, asking thirty-eight million. The other one was asking fifty million. One Asian billionaire came in and bought both houses for seventy million dollars this week. Uh, so no breakdown, no deal, no uh, no bogo, no buy one get one. Yeah, no. It was it basically. I think it came out to uh, eighty million, and he got it at seventy million, or whatever yeah. the exact numbers were. But 
Yeah, that's what he did. And what was the reason? I mean, do you have any idea? Like, was the reason to uh, live in one and have one for his his stuff? Was it his uh, family, his, his wife in one, his side piece in the other? How did this work out? Yeah, I mean, listen, it was for his family. It's crazy because you can read about it, but you know, when those a couple major houses or there's one major sale, you know, that can very easily turn a neighborhood very quickly. And where a neighborhood may have been a little slower over the past, you know, eight to 10 months, something like that can really reignite the uh, uh, the market in those very specific micro neighborhoods. So uh, everyone was going nuts in the market this year, this this week when that the, happened. The, these were houses that were new construction, right? So something was there, it was knocked down. So someone yep. bought something for, I don't know, let's just ballpark it at 10 million or whatever. And yep. then they spent 10 million. So they're into it for 20 and then they sell the thing for 40 or whatever it is. Yeah, it's kind of like that. A little less, but, you know, buy for 10, build for 13 or 14, sell for low 30s now is basically what maybe they made like 8 million. And they were two separate developers, too. That was the interesting part. Um, but, yeah, there's been a couple mega sales going down here, which is just it's so crazy to watch these things happen. And uh, uh, and it just reminds you. Number one, how poor you are <laughs> compared to, you know, somebody who literally writes a check. Can you imagine writing a check for $70 million? I could write the check. It just, uh, I mean, it's it was going to bounce sky high. But, but, and probably not even think twice about it. Yeah. And I Googled it and it was a Chinese billionaire. The guy, I think he has a net worth of $2.8 billion, And that was it. So you were not involved in these transactions at all. And was that not. Bot, was there a part, because I know you're super competitive and you, even if it's, it's, it's funny, we've driven by houses before that aren't even, you know, I mean, look, I think they look nice, but you know, they're, let's say they're a million as opposed to a $20 million house that, and you'll get angry if you see a sign outside of it. That's not your, like you have a very competitive side to you. Very competitive. Yeah. That's why I have that whole. Uh, garage full of other people's signs that I take. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This episode, uh, this week, I really wanted to talk to you about because someone hit us up who listens to all of them and said they're a big fan and they wanted to thank you for giving them tons of encouragement. And they, they said that even though we've talked about some of your early stuff and, and how you got into this game and kind of your, your gradual climb, which you can look back now and say it's been, it's been a few years, you're doing as, as well as you were planning on doing. But someone asked what you would suggest for someone who just wanted to get started. And that's not even necessarily in real estate, but if someone just is ready to do something different, right? They want to get started. What's the first thing you do? Do you pretend you're doing it for a while to feel like if you, to see if you even like it, do you just, I mean, look, I, I would say read both your books. Obviously it's a good place to get started. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the whole, I, I mean, I, I look, I'm all about fake it till you make it, but don't pretend that you're doing it. I think it's more of, you know, uh, study as much as you can about the industry that you're about to get into. And then I wouldn't jump into that industry until you have enough put to put aside where you can actually go and really learn the industry for six months to a year. And then, you know, that's the way to approach it the correct way. If you ask me, because look, when I got started in the entertainment industry, right after college, I interned nonstop. I think I had three years of intern and then my first gig in the mailroom, like we always talk about, was nothing. You know, I was making $6 an hour, whatever it is. So uh, you got that type of approach. When I was a realtor, I 
you know, you're on commission, so you don't make any money. And I used to sit other people's open houses, but I would basically work for free until I closed my first deal, which was six months into it. So even if you want to get into the the pool business, right? Because I'm just looking at a pool right now. The right. pool business, like you got to pay your dues. You got to put your time in. So I think it's more important about connecting yourself to somebody who's good in that particular business. Do whatever you have to do to work for them, even if it means work for free. And then learn from them for that six months to a year. And then you can do, you know, you can take more chances. We have a mutual friend uh, that we both went to college with, younger than me, so a few years younger than you. And he was in entertainment. Why do you and, always have to say that? You know, remind I'm just, me. I'm just, I'm just letting him know. He's close to age and me, which means he's okay. much younger than Kevin's you. Kevin's like, listen, just so everybody's <laughs> aware, I'm 39 and a half. Josh is 40. <laughs> so he uh, decided after being, you know, relatively successful in entertainment for a while, he it sucked his soul. He couldn't do it anymore. What he thought it was, it wasn't. And decided he wanted to work in food. Anthony Bourdain was an inspiration to him. And the guy went from making what I would imagine was close to seven figures, if not seven figures a year, to going and starting at the absolute bottom. And by bottom, I mean working the cashier at a deli. Yeah. So that he could then get into the prepping at the deli. So that he could then go from there. And now he's since moved to New Orleans where he got a job as a, you know, a line cook so that he can then go to sous chef so that he can then open... But you're absolutely right. And this is a guy that was pretty well established. But I think for the last year of his job, he was like, I'm just going to gather as many acorns as I can so that I can um, start this new new life. And if you look at it like it's money, if you look at it like, because I think a lot of people, that's what trips them up. They go, I've oh, got this now. It's a steady thing. I know I'm doing this. Yeah. Am I prepared to take four steps backwards if, if in a year I'm way happier and I'm potentially sky's the limit? Yeah, and look, you got to look at, at, I mean, you know, just going to bring this up because it just happened. Uh, you look at Kobe, for instance, right? So, which is just the worst week ever. Uh, that thing is like floored me, the, his death and his daughter. And, and I, I don't want to get too much into it, but I'm using him because he was just such a, an incredible person who works so hard at his craft that, you know, I mean, think about the years and years and years of practice that he put in to become the best in the world, right? And you have to do that. You don't just become a success overnight. I was just talking to someone that used to coach against Kobe, NBA coach, and he said the thing that about Kobe was a very rare trait that he had, and I think he said only one other player that he ever remembers you know, knowing, and he knew Kobe quite well. And he said it's not even that Kobe loved winning. He just hated losing. Right. He hated losing so much more then he actually loved, he was you know, a lot of players. He said loved winning a lot more than Kobe. He just the losing to him was what that was, it was. So I don't know if it was fear that was driving him or, but whatever it was, it was a it was a laser focused determination. Yeah, and dedication to the craft. And you think at some level, and I've always thought this about like uh, you know those comedians. It, it's a combination. You got to have some talent, right? That's obviously there, um, but then the ability to take that and figure out the way to maximize that through hard work and through, you know, uh, be, but if you're passionate about it, it, some of the work doesn't even feel like work. You genuinely, you said that before you were actually getting a dollar to, to look at houses, you love looking at houses, like you love doing yeah. it. Yeah. So that whole year we spent looking at houses, it was before we even were realtors. So that was just something that we enjoyed doing. And then we spent about another year learning the craft and, uh, uh, becoming, 
you know, decent at it. And then you go from there. So everything comes in steps. That's all. You got to be patient. You got to be patient. I just saw this uh, comedian who said that uh, uh, porn for him and his wife now is looking at Zillow and uh, Redfin and all. They just, they like, <laughs> they get very excited. They see houses. They scroll through. They're like, come on, no pictures. Show me the good stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That, that. That's the new thing. And well, I, you were I, just in Brentwood, by the way, right before you came over. And uh, I saw a house the other day. I went on a listing appointment and I, f- I fell in love with the house. And, you know, that happens like once a month, like really fell in love with it, like considering buying it, considering, you know, uh, during the listing appointment being like, well, I, I want the listing. Right. But first, I want to make you an offer. Let's see if we can put something together. But if not, I'd love to sell it. And sometimes that backfires. Sometimes they go, if it doesn't work out, I don't get the listing either. Right. But, you know, sometimes it's worth a shot. Anyways, I fell in love with this house. So I brought uh, my wife and my brother uh over there to look at it and uh you know of course heather was like nope but uh, my brother was like oh my god i see exactly what you're saying this is amazing and uh i was like we could do brentwood we could we could we could live here yeah. right and i was i was talking myself into because of how being okay yeah being okay living there which is a totally different lifestyle sure, by the way. once you hit that four uh, that side of the 405 yeah. you're a different person mileage, i don't know if we'd mileage, be friends anymore mileage wise it's maybe two miles from here but, yeah uh, might as well be uh might as well be in a different country yeah like i don't know if we would continue no. this podcast no it'd have to end uh, all dollars no sense <laughs> would uh, we'd have to get a long distance calling plan and uh, it would be it would be called doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense anymore <laughs> we just it'd be us yelling at each other over the freeway uh which actually i'm sure would do quite well but that but because of the house itself that's how that's how passionate that's how much you felt you yeah. were, you, you thought about a complete a complete life change life change and by the way i think you're still unpacking boxes in this house we're in now so we just finished the landscaping yeah. uh which means uh yeah time to sell time to sell <laughs> it's 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 remarkable because some people and you've always been this way and i guess maybe that's part of you or part of real estate but always moving loving love the idea of moving setting up packing starting fresh it keeps and, it fresh and there's people like me that 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 is my anxiety like that you, the constant even the thought of packing stuff up throwing stuff out it scares me so much i love it you get rid of stuff that's actually one of my main goals in 2020 is to get rid of stuff like today i got rid of three things it's a huge day yeah well, you know what i mean what, what 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 did you get rid of because if i don't ask people are gonna ask why didn't i follow up with what was it clothing? no that's okay. no you know what it was so my brother was over i got rid of uh four electrical bikes today uh i'm i moved uh three of them to the office so when we all want to go to eat at some point right. we can get a little further and you know in yeah, the distance smart, smart. And then, uh, yeah, my brother took the electrical bike and basically, you know, that cleared up four spaces here. So you feel good, though. You it's feel, a good day. I feel, feel lighter. I feel free. Uh, I wanted to get into, you know, you obviously have experienced the highs like a lot of people have with with kind of real estate and the economy over the past whatever it's been 10 years. But you also experienced the lows and you experienced the lows at a time when it was probably the most crippling to experience the lows, which is when you were just trying to get started. And it was almost like your entire career was was dead before it could even begin. <laughs> you had like a good year and then it all fell apart. Right? Yeah. And we've talked about and I know you talked about this in the books and when you speak, but like the, the bounce back. And, and that's what everyone will always say. Right. It, it's very easy. When things are going well, anyone can do fine. It's when things yeah. go badly. How do you bounce back? Right. And when 
people have a variety of different personal issues, uh, relationship issues, professional issues. They have to bounce back. Is that with you? Was that a mental like? Is that something you learned? Is that something that that uh, you think was um, you were born with? Well, look, I I, I think I'm extremely competitive. Um, that's something that I've been, I think the way that I was just brought up playing sports, which is why I think it's so important that kids play sports because you learn to become competitive. You learn what it feels like to win, to lose and this and that. So, uh, you know, I've, I've always bounced back because I don't like to lose. You also had the younger brother mentality. And I think there's a, there's something to that, right? When you're the younger brother and you're constantly fighting for, Yes, I agree with that. For sure, you you, you got to fight for your spot. It's like, you, you remember, and uh, I don't know if you ever used to watch this. I did. I used to watch bodybuilding competitions. Do you ever watch those? I, I went to one. I went to a live one in Venice Beach. Did you? Muscle Beach one time. And so when they <laughs> do was, the flex-offs at the end, yeah. they keep trying to walk in front of each other, right? right? And get closer and closer. To, like, I felt like I always had a push to get my space yeah. as the younger brother. So that also definitely did help. And I think that it's something that you can apply to not only, you know, whatever it is that you do uh, for your job. Uh, listen, people deal with personal stuff all the time. I know you brought up Kobe a few moments ago, and I wanted to ask you about it because I, I saw you, 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 in addition to the fact that it kind of shocked all of us, especially in Southern California, but I mean, it's, listen, it's very relatable anywhere. You were telling a story, um, I think it was on Instagram, about how recently you've been traveling by uh, Chopper a lot more because you've been doing a lot more houses down in San Diego, La Jolla. And just like, just like Kobe, who he wanted to work as much as he could, but he also wanted to be there for his family as much yeah. as he could. So that the plan is almost the exact same. And, and, and it's not that you mind, no one likes to sit in three hours of traffic, but if you can do that in 40 minutes or 25, whatever, yeah. why not? And, and that seemed to really, not that you haven't reconsidered stuff anyway, because you said when your son was born, you started reconsidering time and, and how much you're going to spend. And I remember you, you spoke about how this year, 2020, was going to be the year of kind of cutting back on things and really putting more energy into the things that bring you joy and happiness. Yeah. How, how did that and how are you done with helicopters now? Is yeah, that, for sure. You, you are. For sure. I, I mean, part my choice, more Heather's choice. Um Interesting, literally, as a helicopter is going over yeah, our house right adding, now. We're not adding sound effects. This is not sound this effects. Is a, is uh, going there we go. Right now. Take a listen to that. Wow, okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that hit home extra hard for me. I mean, you know, I was talking to my brother the other day, and I was like, I don't know why. I, I mean, look, obviously, he's an amazing person, and this whole thing has just floored everybody around the country. For some reason, it's it really has hit me hard. And look, I'm a Boston fan. Grew up, you know. Obviously, I would always root against Kobe or right. this or that. But like, it's really hit me hard. And I don't know if it was because he was an amazing dad, and he was with his daughter, just like we have daughters, yep. me and you. If it's because, yeah, the week before we, I was calling up to get prices on uh, a helicopter so I could literally save. Instead of two and a half hours, it's 32 minutes there and 32 minutes back. So I would save four hours. And or is it just because this is a young guy who's our age? Yeah, he was one years older and, and, and he was just in, on top of the world or whatever it is. But there's so many things that I mean, I've cried more this last week with 
the the death of Kobe and Gigi than I think I have for in years and also for anybody. It's it's almost bizarre. You're not the first person. In fact, I was not. I was surprised. I guess is the way to put it. Not that this wasn't the most one of the most tragic things that I think any of us can can really remember in recent history. But the amount of people openly crying um, about it, which I, which I think it shows you a couple of things. One, the impact that that the guy had on on so many people. But two, I think and this. I think it was scary for all uh, everyone because he was a superhero. As close to a superhero as, as I think we that's have. what it was. He's a superhero, and, and he's not supposed to be touchable. Uh, and the, it was so it was it was sad, and then on top of that, it was shocking, and then on top of that, it was hard to believe. Yeah, and I don't know why for for any other reason. I don't know if there's another person that would have gotten the the same reaction to um, that this has happened. But I think it's made people realize that no matter how. You know, you said earlier, right? Uh, there's always someone richer. We talking started the show talking about the billionaire that bought all the houses. You know, it, it we're all the, at some point you go the wealth, the this, the that. It, we're all equally fragile. Yeah, and that's and no part. one's untouchable. No it's one's crazy. untouchable, and that part is a hard thing to fathom because I think we can all buy into our own bullshit and we can all believe that we yeah. are our shit don't stink and everything like that, and then we forget that we're actually way more similar. And the and the bottom line is. Any of us tomorrow could be our last day. Yeah. Um, and and so this has made you reconsider how a hundred percent everything. Look, I, I hope it you know, I hope it continues to last of my of my mind frame of where I'm in now. But you know, look, the next day I didn't schedule any work for the morning. I spent it with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Why don't I do that more now? Right. Like that's a great excuse to just do that more because it's not gonna affect my life. If I take an extra hour in the morning, you know, once a week to just hang out with her or whatever it is, because at the end of the day, it's all we have. All the other stuff is, is meaningless. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really interesting how things can happen. Usually they're things that only affect, you know, you lose a close friend or family member. It's, right. it's a big deal to you personally. But to have so many millions of people affected at the same time by the same thing. Crazy. And uh, and it's really, truly remarkable how it's just made, uh, I think, a lot of people just reconsider stuff and, and also just focusing on this Mamba mentality. And I, and I say this, um, it's something that, it's something... <laughs> Something very, <laughs> something very expensive sounded like it just broke inside oh of Josh's God. new house. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, no, but it, it's really interesting how this is a mentality that in many ways you have been talking about since we started doing this show, right? And it's the idea of, of there's no quit. You stay focused. Uh, do what it is you're supposed to do and everything else. I wanted to, uh, before we wrap this episode of All Dollars, No Sense. So, by the way, RIP Kobe, we love you. Uh, and and our, our prayers and uh, uh, thoughts go out to his family and everybody else who was on that uh, helicopter. Will you now do less travel uh, private plane as well? Or or do you... Because- I mean, uh, look, it's... it's No, I think I'm going to be smarter about it. I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I got to, you know, I got to make a living, got to, you know, I, I like the grind. I like the hustle. That's, that's, you know, that's part of me. Uh, but there's some things I'm definitely going to think twice about. 
we are recording this episode uh, the day before the Super Bowl, and I think this is maybe the first year I can remember in a while that you were not um, heading to wherever the big game was. And well, I mean, it's the first game in a while. The <laughs> Patriots are not in it. I figured that's part of the reason, but as you know, and I've been to quite a few. In fact, I think I was in Miami the last time the Super Bowl was there. Uh, the Super Bowl is one of about a thousand fun things happening in that. Oh yeah, it's not even. The, it's typically not even the biggest thing. No, it's it, crazy the so amount of events shocking, and parties. It's, it's easier to get into the Super Bowl a lot of times than it is to get into many of the events surrounding yeah. it. Right. Um, I was I was curious if that had any impact. You just kind of wanted to cut your travel down, at least for the immediate future, or or you just decided. Uh, you know, can't, I can't I, go to the mall. Might as well wait till next year when the Patriots are back in, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, you know, it was it was wanting to spend more time with the family. That's just what it was. Uh, had the invite, had the seat on uh, the clients, you know, big plane and all that, and the fancy uh, house that they leased and this and that. It would have been awesome. They're there. They keep sending me pictures and FaceTiming me just to remind me that I should be with them. But uh, sitting out here, hearing everybody scream in the house, <laughs> what's better than this? What is yeah. better than hey, this? Hey, look at it like this. Uh, you guys are getting a bonus episode now uh, when normally we would have to uh, wait until uh, Josh was back and then he's got to get back into the grind of work. But also we should look at it. You haven't been to Miami for fun in like uh, two weeks, so you might as well. <laughs> uh, um, did... It, three things because these all came up and I promised people I would get to them on the next episode and we can answer these very quickly but uh, do you believe that 2020 is going to be a and I know it depends on on market and where but do you think glo like uh, in, you know globally and I guess you could start right here in Southern California it's going to be a year where real estate continues to boom it's going to be 2020 the roaring 20s is going to be the year of opportunity in many different uh, businesses uh, and definitely in real estate. Someone sent us a picture of a, uh, they said it was $100,000 get you a house in a lot of places in the country. In San Francisco, uh, there's a parking lot, a parking spot for one car that is for sale for $100,000. Come on. That is a legitimate real thing. Um, and they wanted to know uh, if you think that's a good investment or not a good investment. <laughs> I think that's a lifestyle investment. I think if you have the money where you're able to, you know, cut a check for a hundred thousand to park your car, it's doing what we had spoken about earlier and it's saving you time. It's making your life easier. And if, if it's worth it for that person, then it's, it's, it's worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Just like any piece of real estate. If Josh was representing you, you'd probably get that spot for 50,000 maybe. Uh, yeah. If you're selling the spot, he'd be selling for 200,000. Well, right? I would do a lease to own and <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or you could buy like a really small house on that spot, and then uh, right buy the there soil for hundred thousand, build a little, uh, get a little shed in the middle of the parking garage. Um, and the final question that we'll we'll do this uh, this episode, and and I think it's worth uh, talking about as we get into Valentine's Day, and I'm sure we'll talk again before then. What's the pressure like? Oh my God! Uh, not that I don't know, I'm married as well, but it, it does seem like in some ways. Uh, Valentine's Day doesn't just happen once a year. It happens all the... We we always have to... Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying. I don't even have to say it. Uh, <laughs> is there additional pressure this year? Have you started uh, uh, trying to... Uh, yeah. Well, number one is, I don't know. I need to just call your wife and ask her what uh, I'm buying my <laughs> wife. Uh, that's number one. But number two is, yeah. So 
we're after a certain handbag that uh, oh, uh, has been extremely difficult to get, which I still don't understand. But uh, to anybody out there who understands handbags will know what I'm talking about. And so it's finding one of these is actually going to be good enough. That might cover me for the entire year, actually, of gifts. I always think that when I go above and beyond and find something that was hard to find, and then I realize, like, usually by 8 p.m. that night, the novelty <laughs> is already worn off. And it's funny, this bag you speak of, we were in Vegas recently, uh, and the, my wife took me to Vegas for... for oh, yeah, how my, was that? my birthday. How was it? Um, it was funny, because Josh texted me, uh, are, are you playing any BJ, uh, meaning blackjack? And I responded, there's no BJ happening downstairs or upstairs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, uh, we, we went looking for, so we get to the hotel and, and, and she goes into the store with, with, before we even check in and goes, hey, I'm looking for this certain type of handbag. And the woman's like, oh, no, I'm sorry, we're out of them. Yeah. But, but there's three other uh, stores that may have it. And, and the trip became, which was supposed to be a trip for me to just gamble, watch football, whatever I wanted. Yeah. It became this. The scavenger hunt to find this elusive handbag, and I was just God. thinking, yeah, this is like the last thing I want to do on my birthday, and yet we've spent a bunch of hours doing Ugh. it. So, well, yeah, I was told that the handbag, the particular handbag we're going after, has appreciated more than gold. Yeah, yeah I get that a lot. <laughs> it's funny. I was told when I when I when I complained about um, what I, what a what a waste of money I found them to be. I was told that in a million years, this was the exact example I was given in a million years, these will be worth way more than they're worth. Now I said, what if in a million years humans evolve and don't even have arms? And she said, they'll still carry shit out. <laughs> so anyway, Josh Holman right there. Kevin Klein right here. It's been another fun to hang this time uh, in the back backyard. Of, yeah, uh, thanks for being here. Brand new spread. We are going to uh, finish these drinks. Maybe we'll have a cigar. We'll break it oh, in. That sounds fantastic. Let's do it. Uh, let's go. Yeah, I'll give my kid one, too. No, I won't. <laughs> I'll be back uh, next time. Check out uh, Josh Alban, the YouTube channel, doing quite well. In fact, if you haven't seen the episode, still the, uh, the best uh, clips of 2019. I recommend you check that out. And then the new ones this year have been on fire. So uh, Josh Alban on YouTube, check out and subscribe. The Instagram, the social, all things Josh, the Josh Alban. You can find And Million Dollar Listen coming out May. At the Kevin Klein. And yes, we need to talk about that in the next episode. Because okay, when that let's get into back, it. Lots of questions. And, uh, and some people have been calling this little episode that we do a Million Dollar Listen. We appreciate all the nicknames, the pet names. And next time we'll squeeze in another round of Q and Altman. So get those questions to us as well. Uh, until then, Josh Altman right there, Kevin Klein right here. Bye. Or sell.